Welcome to this week's episode of MicroConf On Air. This is a MicroConf refresh edition where we look at one of the top MicroConf talks from the past nine or 10 years, 19 events we've run, and we pick out top rated talks and we put the audio feed in here. This week's talk is titled From Zero to $4 million per year without Quora, Hacker News, or Mixergy. It's by Jesse Meekum, and it's from MicroConf 2014. If you head to the link in the show notes, you can actually watch the YouTube video, and there's a link in there where you can check out Jesse's speaker page for more talks that he did. And this talk was a pretty big hit in 2014. It was one of the top-rated talks, as you would expect. And it's a founder story. And this actually kicks off the first of several founder stories that we're going to be highlighting in the coming weeks every Tuesday morning here on the MicroConf On Air podcast in these refresh episodes. Jesse's abstract for this talk is, I didn't know how to build a website, write sales copy, design, structure my business, close a deal, develop software, or do SEO. But I shipped doing things I didn't know you weren't supposed to do. A few thousand mistakes later, we grossed $4 million. Here are my most embarrassing moments. And Jesse not only delivers an engaging talk, but he does something that I have never been able to accomplish on stage. He's just really funny the whole time through. I don't know if he pre-planned these jokes, but his delivery is just on point. So this is a good talk. The entertainment value is high, the education, the tactics, the strategies, the founder story, the thought process, just it's all there in a great package. So I hope you enjoy this talk from Jesse Meekum. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm excited, a little nervous. Uh, this is my third microcon, first time speaking. Uh, two years of begging and finally got it. So um, no. Uh, I wanted to put up this slide. That's five kids, count them, five. So um, anyway, uh, really quickly, my, I'll tell you, showing my kids up here, the first one's name is Porter, the tall one, taller. And uh, he was going to be born in June of 2004. I had been married in February of 2003, and I had started school a year before that. I was in the accounting program uh, down at uh, BYU and pretty rigorous program. I had three years left. I wanted to get my master's degree. I thought I'd be a great public accountant. Um, that life is awful. So I quit after a year of, of being in that field uh, after school. But I was looking at uh, three years left of school to get my master's degree. My wife was going to graduate in social work. It's not the most lucrative field, right? And so we were engaged to be married. It was November of 2002, and we're engaged, and I'm looking at what our finances would look like together, and um, we were going to be super, super poor. And I had this aversion to taking on any student loan debt, so I was in this class. I think it was called Information Systems 100 or something like that, and they were teaching me how to use spreadsheets. I'd never seen them before. And I'm doing this class, and then I realized that I'm going to be broke, and so I I remember sitting down in the library in the basement in this computer lab. I didn't own a computer, so I was using the lab computer. And um, my wife was working in the library making eight bucks an hour. And um, I, I told her, I said, well, I'm going to set up this budget. So once we get married in a few months, we'll be on top of things. And she was like, OK, because that's how easy it is when you're, before you're married to convince someone to get on a budget. You, you know, it's <laughs> super simple. It's like honeymoon phase. Yeah, sure, we can do that. That sounds fun. So, she was totally amenable to the idea, and, and I did it. And uh, I was using my newfound skills in Excel. I'm painting this picture because I want you to know how 
inept I was at anything that I'm going to show you, and it's, it's going to get bad and, and funny, but um, <laughs> I, was, I was just brand new, right? So I built this, this budget. You'll see screenshots of it. And then we get married, and we, we start doing the budget thing. Uh, then the porter starts to be in the picture, and I'm trying to make money and work at the same time, and I realize that we, we're going to have to take on debt if porter comes, and then I don't want Julie to have to work. I really want her to be home. She wanted to be home with him. And so that was the impetus for me trying to sell my budget spreadsheet. So that was a minimum viable product. I didn't even call it a project. It was just called the budget. Um, but that was kind of my, oh, I have a clicker here. I'll use that. That was kind of my first thought was, if I could make rent, which was 350 bucks a month in this basement apartment, utilities included. It was a steal of a deal, except we were sick all the time from something in the walls. I'm not sure what it was, but we had respiratory issues all the, the whole time we lived there. So 350 bucks a month, maybe or maybe not worth it. I'll let you know in 20 years. But um, they, if, I, if I could sell this budget and make 350 bucks a month, I thought, this is great, because I'll graduate debt-free. I'll get my real job. I'll be making loads and loads of money, 48 grand a year as a starting accountant, and I'll be set. So it wasn't like this grand vision or like, I'm going to solve this particular problem. It was just this really uh, strong need for me to make a little bit of money to make a world of difference. And that $350 a month, for some, I mean, for everyone, it's maybe a different number. But for me, that was the number. And it was small. And it was life-changing, right? Uh, so it doesn't have to be this big, grand thing. And I didn't read a single book about anything to do with entrepreneurship. I just needed $350 a month ongoing. So you don't have to really know. Maybe I'll abandon the clicker. You don't have to really know anything. So when I started, I didn't really know how to do the spreadsheet stuff. Um, I didn't know how to do any copywriting, anything about websites. HTML was foreign to me. Um, but I just started doing things as, as it came up. And, and I would see, like, oh, I need to learn a little bit of, what was it called? What's it called? You write macros in Excel. What's that called? BB. Yeah, that was what it was. I, try, I learned that for a few months and then realized that that was a nightmare and ripped it all out and just started just doing my spreadsheet. So there was no knowledge, just me like saying, oh, how do I do this? OK, I'll do it. How do I do that? I, didn't, I don't go online, or I didn't go online. I still really don't. And um, say, like, I'm going to start building a spreadsheet. So what's the best way to build a spreadsheet? What are 10 mistakes that spreadsheet builders make? And try and find, like, become like an info star about the problem I wanted to solve. I just started trying to solve it. And then from there, learned a ton. I think a lot of times we can get caught up in learning all about our problem instead of just kind of attacking it head on. My, uh, I mean, how naive I was was I didn't even know that you could go look to find that stuff out. So you guys have the curse of so much information, I think sometimes you can stall on the, on the gathering of information and really end up not implementing what you want to implement. So it's just something to be aware of. How much am I consuming and how much am I creating? Um, I'm glad I was doing this all before I knew anything. Um, whoop. Let me try this again. That'll happen 17 more times, most likely. I don't know why, what that was. You guys could probably all tell me. But uh, here's an example of my spreadsheet. See these? I don't know if you guys can see this, but 
I'm going to give you a little Excel lesson, okay? <laughs> so at the very bottom, you have this pound sign and then div zero. It's like hashtag div zero now. That's what you'd say. And that was my main, my main hashtag that I followed. And I, uh, I found out years later, I had this engineering friend. He's like, you know, there's this formula called is error that can kind of conditionally remove that. I was like, that is brilliant, because it would make it look so much nicer. But yeah, that was, the, that was where you'd enter your income. I, I don't know if I, I didn't mention this yet, but we, we teach people how to manage their money, sell them software to follow our method. So um, this was my budget sheet. That was three months of it. If you scroll down more and more and more, you'll get the rest of the year. But it was one huge sheet. So if I spent money on, in March in whatever category that is, rent, on the 28th, I would just drop the value in right there. So you have 365 days <laughs> down, down it. And then for how many categories you have across, you have all of those fields. And I would just populate that. Um, like, hey, Julie, did we spend something on groceries? And she's like, yeah. And so I just put it in there. That was what we launched with. I mean, I was selling this. And people were giving me money for it. Minimum viable. That was like lowercase minimum viable. Um, <laughs> Ask me about these colors and what I thought about colors and palettes. I have no idea. All, all these colors were available, so I used them. And that's, um, this is an example of building more than you need. I added bonuses and things. Uh, I don't even have anything to say about that. But the nice thing is I got to change my mind over and over and over again. And I could launch with something that was, to my standards now, I, awful, right? But people were paying me money for it, very small amounts. But for me, it was game changing, because I only needed that $350. Here's an example of how I iterated all those sheets that were there in the original product I, I pulled down. I learned about different functions that let you consolidate a lot of what I was doing. And so it ended up looking a little bit better. Um, so. Side note that has a slide, not really a side note, because there's a slide for it. But um, when I first tried to sell it, $350 a month, I was going to do 10 bucks. I went online, and I did see that someone else was selling spreadsheets. So it, that was my idea validation. Someone else is doing it. I don't know if they're actually making money, but they're asking for money. So it should work. And I listed it for $9.95, PayPal, buy now button. Um, I think, I'm, I think I might have had something send it automatically. That was pretty fancy when they bought. No one was buying. But uh, I listed it at $9.95. And then AdWords, thankfully, AdWords was so cheap back in 2004 when I launched this. It was September of 2004 that I could, like 60 bucks got me lots and lots of um, data or lots and lots of visitors. But that was not my first attempt. My first attempt at visitors was to do, go to our apartment complex not making this up. I made flyers. I printed out a bunch. And I just canvassed our apartment complex. There's like hundreds and hundreds of units in this college campus housing, right? And I just canvassed the whole thing. Julie, bless her heart, with Porter, who was like three months old at the time. She's like in the stroller rolling along with us. And I'd go up and down the stairs. And then she, like a couple hours in, she's like, hey, you know, I'm, we're, we're good. So I just kept going. And then I went home. And I was using this site to track stats. I think it was before Google Analytics, or I didn't know about it. I don't even know. 
but I was using this site to track, and I just would refresh, just check, see if anyone hit the website. One person, one person did from the, from the IP that I was guessing was in the vicinity, and uh, that was pretty exciting, but a total waste of time. So my next attempt was um, AdWords. 60 bucks got me enough visitors, and I'm not making any sales, though. And then a friend of mine said, I think $10 is too cheap. No one's going to buy something for 10 bucks. The price itself tells you it's not worth buying. And that's something that I think a lot of people here would agree with. So I upped it to $20, just arbitrarily, right? Same product, same copy, horrible copy, we'll get to that, but same everything, and sold it. I mean, you know, my first, my first sale happened within the day, and um, that was a validation for charging more. It's sometimes not just about, well, the person sitting there weighing, like, does it have the features to justify? They were seeing a low price and saying, no, not even worth it. And Patrick talked about that a little bit yesterday on the side of the enterprise where he's saying, you got this person that won't even look, won't even consider the low price because it's just, it's not, they're, they're self-selecting for something higher. And we all self-select to a degree, um, clothes we buy or, you know, restaurants we go to or whatever it is. So maybe double your price or at least increase it. That got me my first sale, which I then had to refund because she was on a Mac and I had no idea how to help her. So... I know her email address if you guys want to email her, bless her heart, because I remember every interaction we had. I went to the only place that had Macs on campus, I went there and there was this massive display because it was like the video editing place and I'm like, is this a Mac? And the guy's like, yeah. So I go in and sit down, load up the budget and it was when I was doing the visual basic stuff, I had no idea what it was doing. So I, I started up on, and it's just like air, air, like all these windows are popping up and, and so I just wrote her back, I'm like, um, you get a refund because... That's the end of my troubleshooting. Um, anyway, so you can waste time. It's okay to waste time. I wasted lots of time learning. And that's not a waste of time at all, right? You just do stuff. You just get going. Less reading, more doing. Less consuming, more creating, right? You just do stuff. And it's okay if you wrote awful headlines or spent time doing strange SEO or any other thing that you're like, oh man, five years down the road, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, sure, I wish I knew then what I know now because I, you know, I would do things faster, but I don't regret any of it because it's what taught me what I know now. So be a mover and just be comfortable with those mistakes and you learn a ton. It's, it's a great way, it's, it's an interesting way to go about things because um, you end up with a lot of interesting stories. Um, this was my, just a snippet of the first copy. You guys can't really read that, um, probably, but just to give you an idea, like, I just led with stats. Like, I think I said trillion, like, four times to try and impress on people, because we all identify with trillion, right? I mean, that's a, you know, you feel that. You feel that. And so I was saying, like, uh, household debt has grown from 2.2 trillion, oh, my word, to 3.5, oh my word, you know? You feel the weight of that personally on your emotions. Um, get a hold of your finances. That actually wasn't too bad, but, but there's better copy than that. The idea was okay. The copy itself was kind of weak. Welcome to youneedabudget.com because you should make sure you welcome the user by explicitly stating it. So uh, anyway, what was my SEO tactics? Personal finance Excel spreadsheet. That was my phrase I would go for. 
What a waste of time. Um, but I learned a lot. So here's some more copy. I think this might have been on the next page. I was on to something, and this is the most important part of the presentation. Well, the next slide. I was on to something when I had those three little things in green because I was kind of saying like, hey, here's like some foundational principles like live within your means. Okay, that's obvious. Like this is like dieting but for finances, right? The same diet book comes out or like different diet book but same thing like eat less or eat, don't eat this or don't eat that or whatever it is. But it's just retooling the same ideas that have been around forever. And that's, that is what it is. So this was me restating the obvious, but to a lot of people, not so obvious. And that's something else you have to remember. Um, you know, live within your means, spend after you earn. This is a different concept for budgeting. Most people kind of forecast, and then their forecast is off anyway, and then they feel like budgeting's a failure. It's not. You guys all should. Um, spend after you earn, save for a rainy day. Okay, so I was onto something a little bit there, but let it go. Um, the important part in all of this is to find what makes you unique. Message is maybe the wrong word, or maybe I should say like unique selling proposition. I just learned about that like a few years ago, um, that you have to be unique. But that, that's pretty obvious, right? I mean, you want to stand out somehow. And so I chose an industry that's not crowded at all with other competitors, because no one ever creates a piece of software to manage your money, right? I mean, that's, it's a brave new world for us. So you have to stand out somehow. And then I've noticed a lot of different, we were talking about yesterday, or maybe it was the heat and the dinner, I, about uh, like bubbles of solutions, right? Like um, help desks, we see a lot of those now, or different analytics spins, we see a lot of those now. Um, everyone was kind of scratch, or project management, right? Everyone's kind of scratching their own itch, and it's like, whoa, okay, now everyone's scratched the same itch, and we've got this plethora of tools. Well, money has been around since, what, 85 or something, when Intuit came out with quick, quicken and then it's just been around forever. Luckily I didn't do any kind of analysis to decide if competing in that field was sensible or not. I just did it. And then the way that we compete is with our unique message. We have four rules to help you stop living paycheck to paycheck, get out of debt, and save more money faster. I didn't just make that up. We say that all the time. That, that's it. Just four rules. And people are like, wait a minute, four rules? This is intriguing. And then you get into, well, here's, I'm going to blow your mind, but like when you spend money, record it in your phone. People are like, oh my word. With those four rules, are you serious? It's brand new to them. To me, I'm like, of course you do that, right? But to the customer who's in debt and feeling all this stress and their relationships kind of on the rocks because of money, they're like, oh my word, this guy has this method. There's only four rules, not seven or 10 or 30, and not two because that's not really a method, right? But four. <laughs> so let me show you what happened when I found my message. Because I didn't have it at first. That copy was not a message. That was garbage. Here's my 2005. I was an Excel bandit at this point, so I even made my P&L in Excel. Luckily, I knew how to do a P&L because of my accounting classes, right? So it was all coming together. I got to look over here to see this. Um, so in February of 2005, I was interning at a big accounting firm down in Phoenix, 
And I was excited because it was busy season and you could make overtime. And so I'm thinking, I want to make overtime because I'm making more money than I've made ever in my life. I want to work all this overtime. So I, I had been there about a week. I go into my manager's office. And I'm like, hey, where am I assigned? What do I do? And he's like, oh, you're, um, you're unassigned. And I was like, well, what does unassigned mean? And he's like, well, kind of has me come closer like he's telling me a secret. Just sit in your cubicle and try and look busy. And I'm like, Really? Yeah, like, you could read our audit manual if you wanted. I mean, that's like reading the tax code, you know? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Which page should I start on, you know? The first page, work left to right. But um, <laughs> it just, so I, and I, and I wanted to be honest, because they're paying me to just sit in my, I'm like, you really mean that I'm just supposed to sit there? What do people do? And he's like, well, a lot of guys, like, read the news. So I'm, I'm like, oh, are you serious? Yeah, you're, I'm serious. So I said, okay. So I looked busy rewriting my copy. And down, my profits were screaming $38.10 in February. The, the, the line items on the left side are funny because download.com, like, I remember them. Commission Junction was there. I made money with AdSense for a while. Significant amount compared to my sales. It's, I'm glad I didn't pursue that vein forever. Uh, trying to make money with AdSense. But you can see all sorts of attempts at different things I made. But the key was, in February, I had sales of $110, which 20 bucks a pop, I probably sold five, right? Five of these the spreadsheet packages. And then I rewrote the copy, and I discovered when I was rewriting the copy that I had four rules. I didn't start out the business with those four rules because I, I didn't know I had it. So as I'm writing the copy, I was kind of like, oh, wait. You know, I, I'm kind of teaching people, like, spend the money you've already earned. Like, live on last month's income. You guys should do that. It, it would give you a lot of, uh, a big release of stress if you could, what you earn in March, you spend in April. What you earn in April, you spend in May. It's, it's a solid uh, process improvement. It helps you so you can break. You don't have to time bills to paycheck. If, you got, if any of you are living kind of paycheck to paycheck, you don't have to time those bills to the paycheck. Because the worst thing, you, not worst, there are worse things, but money management-wise, process-wise, sitting there and having to do all the work of timing when bills are paid, you think about how much value is added, and there's zero value, right? And this is me on a tangent. Zero value to you timing your bills to your paychecks, because in the end, all you're doing is paying the bill, right? So how the bill is paid is meaningless. The only way that you can possibly win anything is by just not making your life crappy by having that process be time consuming. So you remove that time consumption by just not having to time the bills of the paychecks. You don't have to do that dance where it's like, oh, I just got the paycheck. Okay, what is due? And I can do this and set, you know, all that stuff's gone when you can live on the last month's income. That was rule one. Now it's rule four uh, for marketing reasons. I found out that, I mean, I realized that the rule, the second rule was to give every dollar a job. Just make sure every dollar has a purpose. And that's your way of prioritizing what you spend. When you spend according to your priorities, according to your values, you feel content even when you don't make more money. And that's, that's something that resonates really well with all of our customers, is when your money's doing things that you actually care about, you're like, hey, I feel pretty good. I don't have to make millions of dollars. I'm feeling good. Because there's no friction with what the money's doing and with what you actually want it to do. The third rule is, uh, we call it save for a rainy day. And that came out in my copy, and it was where, um, I mean, I, I give people the Christmas example. It's like everyone, 
is so surprised that Christmas comes at the same time every year, same day, you know? It's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Well, you knew, you know? You, or what's today? This is why Rob had me come. Today is April 15th, people. It's the best day of the year, right? I'm, I kid you not. I talked with my accountant this morning. He told me how much more I owe than I've already paid. Like, that made me sad. But I knew it was coming. I should have been a little more ready. I did okay. But it's, it's, a, horrible, it's a horrible day. And that's why I'm speaking today. Um, so these save for a rainy day is just you saying, okay, Christmas is going to cost us, easy math, 1200 bucks, right? So let's make a Christmas bill where it's 100 bucks a month and we set it aside each month. And then when Christmas comes, you just have a blast and spend all $1,200 and you don't feel guilty and you're not paying for it you know, a year later on a credit card. That was our third rule. The fourth rule was to be flexible. We call it rolling with the punches like a boxer when they take a swing and you're supposed to move in the same direction as their punch, right, to, to lessen the blow. With budgeting, it's your plan. It's your it's just whatever you want to do. So when you start a budget, if I were to sit down with Heaton, he's getting picked on because he's right here front and center. So if I were to say, okay, Heaton, let's set up your budget. He's like, well, I love eating really excellent food. And I'd be like, no, no, because we're on a budget. Well, wait, but I like to, to spend time with my kids. No, no. I like to take them to movies. Absolutely not. No movies anymore. Why? I have no good reason. That... And that, people can't give you a good reason for being restrictive. And we're trying to tell you, like, listen, be flexible. If you say, I'm going to spend $500 on groceries, and you spend $550, who cares? Move things around. Be flexible. It's a living thing, a living plan. That was our fourth rule. Those rules are what blasted my sales from $100 to $300 in one month. And then look at the next month in April. That was $450. In May, it was $870. And then I did something from May to June that Patrick would be really happy about, that I'll tell you guys about in a second, that boosted me to that 2000 For a college kid that still was earning money you know, by the hour and trying to get through school and with a, a, a new baby, two grand in revenue, was, it might as well have been 200000 You know what I mean? It was, it was life-changing. So with the messaging better, uh, it still looked crappy. There's, I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, that is bad. The logo's good, because I did it, but <laughs> blue and red is a fantastic combination. Anyway, anyway you do it. There are some, you love the, the guarantee at the top, 100% guaranteed, it's so classic. But do uh, you guys see what I was trying to do with that big expenses thing and then the tiny neon green income? Can you read that? I was trying to show them, like, your expenses are bigger than your income, so that makes you feel crappy. I should have just said that, because that makes, this makes no sense. I looked at it the other day, and I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, I remember what I was doing, yeah. So we hired a designer, and um, that's what our site looks like now. It's better. A uh, hundred bucks to anyone that can give me a viable, not in cash, I'll have to PayPal you the money or something. Last night took all the cash, but um, <laughs> gain total control of your money. That headline is killer. So 100 bucks to anyone that can give me a viable headline that I would, one, want to test. So you, you have to pass that sniff test, but two that would beat that, because I have tried for three years to beat that headline and haven't. Anyway, just, just a thought. Easy money. 
Um, so you notice on this here, what our message is, gain total control of your money. The reason control is a good word is because I surveyed all of our customers, and I said, how did you feel once you started using YNAB? We call it YNAB for short, you need a budget. And uh, then I got all their free form responses back, dumped it into a word cloud, and the was the best word. So I choose, no, I'm just kidding. I, um, control popped out. So I thought, control, and then I wrote this headline, and it's, it's short, but um, people are feeling out of control. So when you're saying gain control, it's, it's solid. Then the, the little subline underneath goes along with what I was saying about get out, of, get out of debt, stop living paycheck to paycheck, save more money. Um, on the left there, we already want to change things about this homepage. But on the left, you say a proven method. Our mistake here, we shouldn't even talk about the software in that middle section. And we shouldn't talk about our free live classes on that right section. And we shouldn't list all those people that have you know, had all this success. It's too many. It's, it becomes just kind of noisy. So that proven method, we need to lead more with that. And we have some ideas for it. But the method is what makes us unique. That's our message, right? And that unique message we run with. Yeah, we do software. And we spend a ton of money developing the software. And the software makes us a ton of money in return. But the way we convince people to give the software a shot is by teaching them why we're unique in the first place. So you lead with unique all the time. Everything about everything you do is about what makes you unique. All of your copy, your brand feel. We're, our brand word is friendly. So the way we write our blog posts, the way we respond in customer support, the, the typeface we used is friendly. I didn't know any of this. Our designer, he, he came up with all of that. But friendly is the idea. And then the unique aspect is the method. So I'm always telling people, what do you do? Well, we teach people four rules to help them manage their money better than they ever have before. It's like a paradigm shift. We sell them software to help them implement what we teach. OK, software, totally second class, even though it makes all of our money, right? Second class in our message. And that has been all the difference for us. That's how we compete with, with these bigger guys. Someone's going to ask me, what's the difference between you and Mint? Mint is like doing post-mortem analysis, right? You walk up, there's the body. You're like, well, he dead, you know? <laughs> you maybe tap for a second, yep, truly dead. Um, and you're like, shoot, they're dead. Shoot, darn it, bummer. And then uh, you walk away, and a month later, you're like, we got another body, you know? So YNAB, this is just coming to me now. I did not plan this. YNAB was like, what was the movie with uh, Minority Report? Tom Cruise? And you had those, the weird, bald people that could foresee crime? That's YNAB, right? <laughs> the murder doesn't even happen. You prevent it before it happens. There's no dead body because you've been looking ahead. Rearview mirror mint looking through the windshield while you drive YNAB, OK? Uh, I, I actually think Mint, what a great, what great timing. Sad they sold, because I think they would have done cool stuff. Remove that from the video. But, um, so on our method page, we, we lead with the rules. Um, it's all about the rules. Everything's about the rules. It's all about the rules, just over and over and over again, because that's what makes us unique. Our, that's even been copied by these people. I don't know who they are. We just saw it one day, and I think 
Maybe one of our developers found it. They're like, hey, someone's, they're trying to copy what makes us unique. So that, that does not work. You can't do that. I'm sure they're, yeah, anyway. They, you guys have all been copied by them probably too. I don't know who it was or what they were doing. Um, just keep iterating. Like I iterated on my copy and found our message. We're still iterating. We've got great ideas for a, a better checkout page a, to boost our conversions or a better homepage that will focus even more on our message. Um, one thing I did that was really great, and I didn't do Patrick's email course because he didn't have it available in 2006 when I wrote my email course. And I didn't use Drip because it apparently wasn't ready back then. So um, I used, I think it was Aweber that I used way back because they've been around since before the internet, I'm pretty sure. And um, I used them and I wrote this 10-day uh, course and it just catapulted sales. So if you were to write just the most bare bones sequence and stick it into Drip or whatever you want to use, it would make a difference. The course I wrote was just me talking. I mean, I maybe proofread it. I don't know. I was sitting in the, at the library and just kind of cranked out. And you know, why 10 days? Because that's how many I ended up with, right? <laughs> so why not seven? I have no idea. For, and I've written other email courses. We have a business one that I want to send you guys to that we'll get to in a second. But um, I end up on nine days all of the time. I, I don't know why. But there's no magic number for it. There's no magic like this email before this email before that email. Just do it. Just write it. Like in a day, write 10 emails and then get it set up and going. It, it catapulted our sales. I think I brought the slide back. Yeah, it was from 900 to 2,000. It was just because of the email sequence. Nothing else changed. What did the email sequence do? It taught the method, which was our unique proposition. I said nothing about the software. I even said, like, here's how to implement it with a pencil and paper. You could do any other tool you wanted. You could build your own spreadsheet or whatever. Anyone can copy our software, right? You can just start today, right? But that will not, that's not what sells. And so you don't differentiate on a feature, at least for, not for very long, because two weeks later, after a sprint is done, someone else will have your feature. And you just you don't want to be caught up in thinking, okay, if we just add this, there are a few kind of mission-critical product features that you have to have, but that, those aren't going to be the game-changers for you. Those are not going to be what customers say, oh, man, that is the reason I use that product. It will be because what you bring is unique, and as Kathy Sierra says, it makes them badass. It makes them just awesome, right? And we've talked about that a lot yesterday. Um, here's... Don't be dumb like me. So I'll maybe kind of wrap up here, and then we'll get to Q&A. But uh, we moved to Texas, and I've got two, two kids at this time. And um, we, go to this, we go to a new church. There's a new pastor there. I don't know him, but I know he's a businessman and really successful. And so I'm thinking, I'm working for this big accounting firm. I was making about, I think they were paying me 48 grand a year and working 80 hours a week, Right. And then, I think I was on the slide. Yeah, I do. And then the business, by this time, we had launched standalone software. Spreadsheet was, was done. And we launched um, some Windows software, made a huge difference. And we were making about 20 grand a month in profits. And I'm making like four grand a month working 80 hours a week for this accounting firm. 
And the risk-averse guy, because I'm super risk-averse, was just like, no, 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 no. You, you look out. Be safe. And I'm mad that I did that. Like, I, I'm a recovering CPA. I was a CPA in Texas for a year. And uh, I took the exam. I did it in like a month, which is extremely uh, unheard of. But I just crammed and crammed and crammed to try and get that done and become a CPA because that was all in my, my supposed safe game plan, right? And then here I have staring me in the face this opportunity that I ignored for a year. And, and Taylor, who's here, you can talk with him. He's our CTO. He and I would talk on the phone, and I'd be like at work and step out. It'd be 6 o'clock at night. And I had no moral issue working 80 hours a week, taking a phone call at 6 p.m. from Taylor. So we would talk about stuff, try and work things out. And then I'd get back to work and be home at, by, by 10. And um, they would order dinner for us like it was the best thing ever, like, Hey, free dinner. Well, no, I'll buy my dinner and be home at 6.30. You know, that would be nice. I started ordering dessert. This should not be on the video. I started ordering dessert for my wife because then we would come home and we would watch an episode of 24 because that was gripping. And um, at 10 o'clock at night, I'd come home and I'd bring a dessert so we could share the dessert, have kind of a little date, and then I'd be off again at 6 in the morning or something. And the, <laughs> I can't believe this, the partner on the job was mad that I was ordering a dessert. Like, we're talking $7 here, $8. Uh, that was, it gave me, you know, gave me pause. So I thought, oh, do I really want to be that guy in 20 years? Um, anyway, back to the, so I go to this pastor. I set up an appointment because I want to see him and get this businessman's advice, right? So he's in the role of, like, a pastor who, um, I come to him and I, um, he doesn't know me from Adam, right? And he says, he's really somber when I come into the room. And I think he's expecting, because I'm like this young guy, newly married, he's expecting like marriage issues, maybe like, uh, maybe I'm being unfaithful and I want to like confess something to him. And I can just tell from his demeanor that he's just like, you know, I'm glad you came. You know, and like he sits down across from me and he's like, so what's on your mind? You know, really somber. And I'm like, I've got this business. And maybe he's thinking, like, you've been laundering money through a business. You know? <laughs> but I just said, and it's making, like, four times what I make at my job. And I'm working, like, ten times <laughs> at my job. And so he's like, quit. What are you doing? You know? So he was so relieved, like, all the light came back into his face. And he was so happy. So we had a great conversation. He was like, yeah, quit. Go. Um, so I did. A couple things, a couple mistakes we made. Um, we gave a public launch date well before we could have predicted when that day would be. So Taylor was the hero there, and he, uh, I mean, he just didn't even go outside. Like, it was just, he was the only developer. We, we offshored some of the development. That was a disaster, too. Um, I raided all of my savings to try and pump more money into this, to hit this deadline that we had given. There's no value in giving a public deadline until the deadline is like, Apple approved us yesterday, so we're ready in the app store. We will be available tomorrow. Like, that's the kind of deadline you give, right? But don't. There's no value in it for you to promise something way off at all. Because you will be wrong, right? And then you look like you haven't stayed up you know, to your side of the bargain. Played a lot of golf to try and stay away from the stress. It was stressful. It was a, it was a stressful time. So don't do public launch dates. That's just a little something. Um, sell something soon. I liked what we heard. I don't know. We heard some cool stuff yesterday about 
getting money quickly. We're doing the same thing. Like we, we just started looking at the business side of things, and I know that we could help small businesses um, manage their money better. A lot of small businesses live or die by their cash flow, and I know we can help them with the same method that we teach personally we could teach to businesses. So in the spirit of doing what I'm saying here, we, um, we started doing services for just a few people, like where we said, hey, we'll, we'll do your books for you. We'll do it our way, and uh, we'll add a lot of value to you, and we'll sit down once a month with you and go through it. And uh, we charge them, I, I don't know, I think $300 a month. And if it was a bigger business, it would be more, just depending on the work we do. But we actually sit down with them and, and basically are their bookkeeper. So instead of building a website talking about it, or instead of building something in our shopping cart to let them check out, or instead of building some kind of a recurring model or looking at Stripe or Recurly or anything, the guy that's doing the bookkeeping, you know, doing the sa- he's doing sales fulfillment, and he's also our tech guy on this because he's the one that sets up the subscribe like PayPal link that he sends to them in an email saying, click here and you'll be subscribed. So that's how we're running with something new. We're, it's the same thing. You don't have to, just because a lot of your business is really polished and really looking good, it doesn't mean that you have to have everything go through nine checks to make sure that it's just right. You can still be small and still be quick and have things be really rough around the edges and let things just kind of go as you want and be fast still and experiment fast. So we have like five or six clients that are doing this, and, and maybe in a year we'll have 40 or 50 or 60, and it could end up being kind of a profitable little arm for us. So sell something quickly. Don't worry about it. Even if you've already got something established and everything looks great, just do stuff fast and, and hacky, and um, you learn a ton that way, and you test things. And we, we talked about that a lot that yesterday. We talked a lot about it, and I think it's, it's great advice. Um, that's basically it for me, except about bookkeeping. Keep your, do your books. Today's tax day, right? The reason you do your books, for all of you, most likely, is because of taxes. There's no other reason to keep track so meticulously of your ins and outs, except you have to report it and end up paying these taxes. And that's really, really sad and makes me really upset to know that you're doing all this work or you're paying someone to do a lot of the work, and then you're deriving no value from the work because there is no value in complying with the tax code. It's just avoiding punishment, right? So the value you get from bookkeeping is what I've, I've written in a new course. That we're not selling anything new. The course is free. Um, and you can, there's two reasons you could do the course. One is to learn how bookkeeping can actually add value to your business and how doing it is, is important. Like it, can, it helped me go from being really afraid to hire and being stuck at about three or four people to in three years being at about, I think, 27. And it's, it's because I started, this is so bad that I'm saying this, but I started actually applying my own method to the business and then realized, oh, I can, I can hire and I'm not afraid of it. You know, I can grow and it wasn't, I wasn't afraid of it. So that course will teach you that and it will also give you an example of an email course that I'm using live for people to convince them to buy the software. The convincing part is like a PS saying, hey, you should buy the software. All the content there is, is solid. So you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Meek, and that's where I tweet about more business-related stuff, or you can follow Wineab at at Wineab. But I think we can, got a couple minutes for questions, Rob. So thanks. Thanks again for joining us this week. As I said, we will be doing several founder stories 
from MicroConf Talks in the coming weeks. So I hope you stay tuned in every Tuesday morning, and I will see you this Thursday for our next episode of MicroConf On Air live stream, and then back next Tuesday for our next talk. Talk to you then.